Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It's time now for the bigger picture. And Ryan, we're looking at so many different things mm. with one thing in common. So just loosely put, you have China, some encouraging things there. They're yep. loosening some uh, COVID policies. You also have the ECB meeting to try and fight inflation. You also have OPEC Plus. So that's going to have to deal with a whole host of issues. The, the common factor is recession or not. <laughs> I think that's a very good summary, Elliot, where you've got so much noise in the background, yeah. investors have to figure out what to listen to, how much to listen to it, and this is where I think you have markets just in a bit of a flux. On some days it's up, some days it's down, and sometimes the data, when it's bad, is good news. When it's bad, sometimes it's bad news. <laughs> so it's a very tough market to trade or even invest in these yeah, days. Yeah. And a couple of things to watch out for on the calendar, but let's check in first with Mumprit Gill. He is the head of FICC Investment Strategy for Senate Chartered Private Bank. Morning, Manpreet. How are you doing today? Uh, morning, Ryan. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great as well, Manpreet. Now, let's jump into the view of the market first. And we've got a bit of a, well, uncertain market these days. Is there anything you can take away from the action recently where there doesn't seem to be anything giving markets any meaningful direction? Well, you're right. I think we're in a bit of a lull period because we've, we've come off many months now of the market just trying to sort of reprice, you know, where the Fed might go. And it's almost a positive that that process, at least for now, at least seems to have come to a bit of an end. And I think the next catalyst we'll really get is, is sort of the upcoming earnings season, the mm. Q2 earnings season that really kicks off in mid-July. But you're right, I think we're a little bit in no man's land where the market's really trading on technicals, uh, trading a little bit on each sort of news event. But I think it's really sort of at that point where it's looking for a little bit of good news. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes even just bad data offering good news, you know, that market is in a sense grasping for reaction, at least as far as U.S. markets are concerned. I'd argue there's a little bit more positivity in Asia, particularly in Chinese markets, where you know, the policy direction is at least turning out to be much more consistent. And I think we're getting a positive move, positive reaction each time. So I think it's really been for us about focusing on where the opportunities are more visible. And I think some of that is regionally in equity markets and some of it is even looking beyond equities. Yeah, some time to go before the earnings season kicks off in the middle of July of the banks. So we have a bit of a vacuum when it comes to market leads. Uh, in the meantime, everyone's talking about a potential recession. And it's very interesting to see how it's quite divided. The likes of Art Invest, Kathy Woods is saying, yes, we are in a recession now because of the level of surplus inventory she's seeing that stores are just holding and unable to sell. And for others like Fed President John Williams, he's saying you know, a recession is not his base case. Why are you hearing, Manfred? Well, I think it's absolutely quite stretched. And I think we ourselves are of the view that recession risks are rising. But I think it's important to caveat that with the fact that, look, we know historically recessions are extremely difficult to forecast. But as investors, you know, our job is you know, to ultimately worry about what's the impact on financial markets and, you know, where do we expect them to go? So this may be a good time where obviously there's a big temptation to try and forecast the recession, you know, when precisely might occur and how deep or shallow it might be. But, you know, this may be a good example where the strategy is more important than the forecast. And I think what we, the way we sort of look at it as an investor is, yes, recession risks are clearly rising. Obviously, there's debate about when and how deep. But what's more clear cut is that when you look at the decision between equities and bond markets, I mean, equities are down about 20% from the peak in the U.S., 
So even if we have a recessionary outlook to a degree, it may be priced in. And the other factor is clearly bond yields are a lot higher. So in the relative sort of question between equities and bonds, we think bonds do look a whole lot more attractive. So I think raising bond exposure at the expense of equities, I think that's a strategy that does look attractive, regardless of your view on the timing or depth of a recession. Uh, and I think that may be the best way to think about approaching the question of recession as an investor. Yeah, talking about recession, uh, what are the data points uh, you're tracking, Manpreet? Because um, overnight we got the consumer confidence data. That was disappointing um, below expectations. And on the property front, it looks like some reports are saying there's cutbacks by people wanting to build their houses or renovate. And in some cases, the orders for furniture from China is down 20 to 30% from China to the US. So if you have all these indications that there might be a bit of a slowdown when it comes to the US housing market, are there any big warning signs right now that you're tracking? So I think when we look at our own recession checklist, I mean, there's a, there's a mixed set of indicators we track. And I think the housing market, of course, is one, but we also look at business and consumer sentiment. And I think within those, we know that consumer sentiment has been one sort of weak spot that's been in place for several months. The other is, of course, more traditional financial market indicators. And, you know, credit spreads on, on corporate bonds are one indicator of those, but so is the yield curve. You know, the gap between the 10 two-year bonds or 10-year and three-month bonds. I think when you look at the broad cross-section, what we can see more clearly is that over the past month or two, more and more indicators are beginning to flash some warning signs, but it's far from an unequivocal, you know, red across the board. And I think that sort of gets to the point where it is difficult to forecast recessions. Uh, I think what's more clear is that the risk of a recession are rising. But I think that's why we keep sort of coming back to the question of, okay, that's the economic view, mm. but how do we react to it as investors? And I think that's a more important question. And to us, it's about, you know, within equities, you know, shuffling around our sector exposure. So, for example, we still like energy and financials where we think there's more visibility in terms of what's going on in the economy and markets right now. And like we discussed, maybe raising exposure to bonds at the expense of equities. That would make sense in a recessionary scenario, but that you know, looks attractive even without a high recession probability because where bond yields are relative to equities. Yeah, talking about energy, um, mm-hmm. the OPEC Plus meeting is said to be underway uh, tomorrow. What's your take on where oil prices are going? So far in the past week, it's up 5%. But there's a bit of a supply and demand equation here because talk about recession, dampens the outlook. But on the other hand, we've got some signs of China easing up. So that could help the demand. Absolutely. And, and we actually think prices are likely to stay elevated in the 115 to $120 for WTI. And I think it comes back to the demand supply and you know the, the universe of risk, which to us universally still sits on the upside. I think from a perspective, commodity markets tend to worry about where conditions are today, less so about discounting the future. So even if we do worry about US demand falling off at some point today, it's still quite strong. But I think that ongoing economic recovery in China, if anything, starts to start raising the risk that demand growth continues to hold up quite well. Um, and what we've seen, you know, in terms of mm. uh, um, European policy towards Russia and the reactions, I mean, those continue to be a wild card. Um, we talk about price caps, European policymakers have been talking about price caps on Russian exports, but there's less discussion about how Russia could potentially respond in terms of output. So to us, the picture sort of comes together to, to keep prices elevated. If anything, the risks we take are slightly to the upside. Uh, and that's why energy as an equity sector remains amongst the topics across major regions. All right, Manpreet. And just wrap things up for China. Is that enough for you to get back in again in a significant fashion, if not easing of those uh, measures right now? Uh, absolutely. And I think it, there's unlikely to be sort of that one magic big bang sort of measure that sort of you know, turns, turns the whole thing on a dime. But I think what's clear is that when you aggregate all the policy measures we've seen over the past few weeks or the past couple of months, they're all aimed at supporting economic growth. 
and you know in their own little way. And I think when you compare that with valuations that are quite you know distressed, uh, both whether you look at the equity or the dollar bond markets, we do think that there's quite a bit of room for our performance. I think it will be slow and gradual process, but for us within equities, Asia. Asian equities are sort of a mm. preferred region. And within that, we expect Chinese and Indian equities to be the big outperformers. All right, Mr. Mumbrick Gill, he is the head of FICC Investment Strategy for Standard Chartered Private Bank. Mumbrick, thanks for your time, and we'll catch up again with you soon. Thanks very much. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.